Welcome to the Mind Takeaway podcast with your hosts, Mira and Peter. We celebrate what it is to be human in an age of technology, digitization, and information overload. In each episode, together with our guests, we go on a deep exploration of resilience, creativity, leadership, authenticity, passion, and intuition, while encouraging others to do the same. What underpins all of our conversations is human connectedness, collaboration, and community. If you're a startup founder, community leader, or interested in professional growth, then this episode may be of interest to you. We speak to Lana Yelenyev, a community alchemist and learning design specialist with a solid background in training and education. She's the author of Community Builder, Designing Communities for Change, and the 90-Day Action Planner, a kickstarted back planner for creative entrepreneurs. Lana provides support in various areas related to ideation, curriculum design, community building, and personal development. And now the competition time. Lana is also the co-founder of Bayes, an executive boutique conference dedicated to scale-ups. 2020 theme is humanizing businesses beyond profit. We have two tickets to give away worth over 200 euros, and the first two people to answer this question will receive a ticket. So the question is, What does humanizing businesses beyond profit mean to you? You can send your answers to info at themindtakeaway.com. Enjoy listening. So welcome, everyone. We're with Lana Yelenev. Did I pronounce your surname right? (laughs) Yelenev. Yelenev. I I should have done this. I know. (laughs) I am so bad. I'm sorry about that. So you're, we could say you're, we, I, got just, <laughs> I guess the way to explain what you do is you're a community alchemist. Is that correct? Yep. And you also, you're the founder of the BASE conference, right? Yes, I'm co-founder of BASE. Yeah, and amongst other things, you're an author. <laughs> um, Speaker. Yeah. So just for people listening, rather than me rattling on, can you just explain exactly what you do? That would probably... Avoid confusion then. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for having me here for your podcast. And uh, I would say, yeah, the the title Community Alchemist really resonated a lot with me uh, because of my firm belief in the process and power of transformation. So, um, yeah, alchemy being that, you know, that science of of transformation. And yeah, so for me, uh, what I do and, and a strength that I have is bringing people together, um, convening people together and creating communities that um, evolve and, and grow together. And a part of it is also with the learning experience design. So most of uh, the client partners that we have also for DreamCDo, which is also another organization that I'm part of, um, are focusing mo- mostly on communities of practice or learning communities. And this is the intersection between the two worlds of education and uh, community development that I am very much involved in. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds like wonderful work that you're doing. So I just want to talk about the BASE conference first. So that's what kind of excited me. And I guess our paths crossed because of that. 
yeah. for, you know, a few contacts and few connections that we had that were similar. So the theme for this conference of this year is about humanizing business beyond profit. And that's what got me really excited because I was like, oh, <laughs> tell me more about that. Yeah, so we started Base Conference last year um, with the idea of, hey, you know, uh, my, my co-founder, Veronica, she noticed that there's quite a lot of programs for startups, yeah, especially where we are in the Netherlands. Yeah, you have quite a lot of opportunities for startups to get new ways of, you know, looking at things, uh, business models, and um a lot of programs, basically. And we realized that for those who are, you know, growing their company on uh, a consistent level, you know, those that are, yeah, you wouldn't say they're big companies, but those that are growing in terms of number of, uh, in terms of profit, in terms of number of uh, uh, teams, uh, in terms of products and services, there's really not much that you can see that provides for you know for 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 their needs for for uh yeah learning for support for connection and this is how base actually started you know we wanted to um, start creating a hub where scale ups can uh, meet have dialogue talk about you know talk about what are the opportunities that are possible also from the government perspective so mm-hmm. when we had base conference we really um, made it a point to also have. Uh, people in, from the government to be sharing, you know, what are the opportunities available for scale-ups. So we saw that it was really a, a winning combination in that sense. Uh, we had 150 people coming in for base and uh, most of them, you know, uh, couldn't even just uh, wait for the next uh, for the next conference, mainly because there were quite a lot of conversations that, that got steered and dialogues that got steered because of the, the event. And for this year, even before COVID uh, happened, we were already thinking of what's you know what, what's the lens in which we would want scale ups to view the conference and uh, the humanizing you know humanizing businesses beyond profit really came from that there is more to business you know there's more to business rather than just the hustling the you know uh, constant need for profit or look at profitability so how can we you know how can we also design businesses for impact and transformation rather than just you know just being looking at it from a profitability side so this is when we say okay let's use this theme you know as um, humanizing businesses beyond profit and when covid hit it even became more relevant Mm -hmm. because now we're seeing that quite a lot of companies are struggling um, to pivot, to, to change their business models because they were, you know, they were focused on consumerism, capitalism, getting the next, you know, getting the next person to buy their product, to get their services. And now when people cannot go anywhere, uh, or they, they, they couldn't, you know, uh, they're not able to go out and buy things and, or, um, what's this? They, they look at different products or services. You now have to consider. You know, is it is it just profit profitability while you know why you're staying afloat as a business? Is there more? You know, what is that more? So it is quite fascinating. This, you know, this um, turn of events because now we're seeing a lot of companies that are pivoting and changing their business models um, to to also look at how can we respond to what is going on in society right now. Hmm. 
Yeah. And and this is why this this topic of humanizing businesses is very very interesting and at the same time exciting. Yeah, I mean, remember when we talked last time? Uh, I think we were really excited, and we we found we were definitely like minded and on the same page when it comes to this. And that's what we found, right? That since COVID's happened, we've just been looking at okay, what if? What if these companies now decide not even to do the right thing, but it probably makes more sense if they're really willing to look after the people and have a less of a footprint on you know, the ecosystem in terms of just the planet and the fact that, you know, we all want to pay the rent. And yes, profitability is the lifeblood of a business, but correct me if I'm wrong, surely people first, profit later can only be the model and the way forward now, especially what we've seen. And we were looking at this before, so we're not surprised, but I'm excited I guess, as you are, about companies that have gone, ah, okay, maybe there's a better way without being wasteful, without just, as you say, consumerism and just trying to push the envelope in terms of shareholder value. What else can we do to protect the planet? And also, what can we do for the people that are actually the most important moving part of any company, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it seems like... Um... What crosses my mind now, it, it seems like we think of companies as something separate for humans, but yes, actually no. companies are made of humans. They're the most important part of it. And if we and if we start looking into humans and and investing in their not just money, but the energy and, and everything is that is over there, I mean, I hazard a guess that companies will be better exactly and i i love i love the you know that we're surfacing now the importance of people planet purpose you know mm. and profitability as well you know to to be able to sustain a, a business you also really have to look at of course your your profit you know profitability um with base we also look into you know and base stands for build advance sustain and elevate so build relationships mm-hmm. so we see that as a foundation for a successful uh, organization company business is to be able to look at the relationships that you have um not just within you know not just within your clients but more so within your people you know like what you said um people people first we we had uh recently a, a webinar on you know how businesses are thriving within this uh, uh situation and one of our guest speakers daniel roy he shared with us how he started doing uh, very simple tweaks in his company that created quite a lot of satisfaction within his uh, was his, his team, and it was just as simple as asking his team, you know, what would make it uh, comfortable for you to be uh, working from home? And one person can say, "Oh, it would be nice to have a chair," you know. So uh, uh, he he gifted them a chair. Uh, another person like, "Oh, it would be nice to just have you know comfy." Um, what's this sleepers so that uh, what's this so that when um, they're they're at home they don't feel cold because of the fan and everything so he sent gifts to his teammates 
and it varied you know it's not a one size fits all that oh everybody gets chairs mm-hmm. no um, even even just one uh one of his teammates said oh you know um where i am the sun is just facing facing uh too too hard on my on my face and they gave him something for the window mm-hmm. to to cover mm-hmm. so it's just simple things that you know that if we think about it Um, these are investments in the people that you you know that are also growing your company, and if we don't look at um, that lens of yeah, how can we humanize business in this way? We are failing to reach out to yeah, building relationships within our team. So when he was sharing that, you know, we were also like, oh wow, that was just so nice to hear coming in from a, a business owner, from a founder, and how he's using you know this period to really reach out and build that relationship with his his teammates there there were even uh zoom calls that they would have where they gave gave each other tours of their own home wow <laughs> and 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 for them that was that became much more of that you know uh the uh there are of course zoom calls that they do for business but there are also connection type of uh calls things that you would normally do like you know when you're in an office you would go to the you know to the pantry drink your coffee there have another person come next to you and then do chit chat because you, we cannot do that right now in mm, in this yeah. situation so being innovative being able to tweak your practices this for us is you know a sign that you are yeah looking at different ways to reach to to different members of you know your team your stakeholders You know, people that you that that are really important for your business. Mm. Yeah, I love that because I, I I don't know why, but some people I guess just were not used to that. So I guess it probably makes them feel uncomfortable because you know when when change happens or we're not used to doing a certain thing, it's not become a habit yet, right? But yeah, it's so important, and actually, it doesn't cost money. It's more just a you know it, it's an action that you have to decide to do. And then, you know, why would you do it? Why would you not? Because as you said, I mean, that's a wonderful example of you would never get to see someone the inside of most of your working colleagues' homes, right? Not unless you got really close, maybe, you know, the odd few you're in a circle. But what a wonderful idea to be able to say, look, you know, we're having a meeting today, but it's it's my turn. You can um, check out my apartments <laughs> if you want. And it just, you know, just seeing what you had on the wall, just seeing you know, a window into the humanity of that individual will obviously drive and forge a deeper connection. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting that companies shy away from it because they think it costs money. But actually, it's just about making a decision and saying, right, what do we want to do? We want to have a great community. We want to improve the culture, the working culture of the company. And what better way to do that by just humanizing who we really are? Because the problem is when we come into work, we spend, what, eight to ten hours sometimes in an office before COVID hit for many people. But we were not really comfortable sharing who we were, who we are, our culture, what we eat, what lights us up outside of work. But, yeah, this is what excites us as well. And it's wonderful that you're kind of shining a light to that, that it's not just about the mechanics and the building blocks of building businesses, because I know that's really important as well. And I guess you cover that at base. But, yeah, just going back to the community bit, to forge connections and to shine a light, because I guess these people know that, right? They've already made money. They're at a crossroads where if they're scaling up, 
They're like, you know, what what do we do? Do we just aim for money and keep hitting targets? Or do we really put the brakes on a bit, get some uh, people like, you know, the people in base where they're all like-minded or they could be um, mentors or people who've already gone through those pain points and to really just take a step back and think, okay, let's get reflective. What can we do yes. that could be really useful aside and in parallel with, you know, building the business itself, yeah. And, and I think this is this perfect moment, right, for for us as uh, yeah individuals, as businesses to take the time to reflect and to pause. I think there's a bit of this um, mindset that, you know, we have to hustle, we have to keep trudging on, you know, and, and uh, it, it seemed like the, you know, the environment, the, the uh, universe is making its a, uh, it's message clearly shown to us that wait, wait a minute, you know, you've been trudging <laughs> on so fast. Let's let's pause. And we we globally we were in a standstill, you know, right. and it, and it's so fascinating to 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 see how different people are reacting to it. Of course, like what you said, there's that element of fear because we're we're growing through a new normal. And there's uh, there's questions of hey or wanting to to be back to the same stage as before, you know, of having this number of clients coming in, or you know, being able to do business in 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 that way that you know. But for us, what we're seeing is um, as we reflect on what makes you know what makes businesses thrive. Um, it's also really looking at the who, you know, who are who are the ones driving this change um, and who are the ones benefiting this change? Um, part of the big inquiry that we have, uh, not just, you know, not just with base, but also with my work is, you know, the start with who. Mm. And, and I read this from um, Michelle Bachman. And when I read it, um, he has this wonderful article on start with who in, in medium. And when I read it, I was just literally drawn to it. You know, uh, the, the words that he said, the why is a good story. The who is the lived experience. Mm. And, and this is what we're seeing right now. When we humanize businesses by saying, yeah, who are we really benefiting, you know, with what we're offering, what, what programs, what services, what products, who are we serving? When we look at that from that lens, there's quite a lot of shift already that we can do within our businesses. And, and that, you know, that lens of serving, you know, that lens of um, seeing people, not just for their needs, but also for their strengths is again, a, you know, a shift to our mindset. You know, it's not just about, oh, providing what, you know, what, what we think they need, but also look, looking at, oh, what is the strengths that are inherently there, you know, by my team, mm. by my organization, by my community, and how can I amplify that, you know, so that we can really thrive given the situation that we are in. So humanizing businesses is really a, a, a lens in which we take a step back and say, okay, how, you know, how, how have we been doing business for the past, you know, for the past years? And how can we do it differently with the who as, a, as at the center of it? Hmm. And, and this is also why, you know, somehow I'm not a big fan of start with why. <laughs> yeah, get, why and who is a good thing. I mean, I, I totally get where you're coming from. But to start with the who, 
it sounds like, and again, I'm just checking in on this, it sounds like you have to go back and listen to people because what's usually missing in many organizations, and actually, I'm, I, dare I say innocently, because I've worked for big companies before multinationals, actually for nearly 20 years of my career before you know I got into coaching and stuff like that. And what I noticed is that people really wanted to make changes but in the other hand, they just didn't listen. And when they when they were given the right information and it was staring them right in the face or people were shouting it from the rooftops, they didn't really want to take action. But again, yeah. it wasn't because they were there was anything insidious. They just got a bit lost. So what would you say to companies that maybe haven't got it right, but somehow they've scaled up to the point where, you know, they end up at base, et cetera. But what would you say to them if they needed to then go back and, you know, listen, what what would be the steps that would get them in a place where they're probably comfortable or feel safe enough to be able to do that? Yeah, thank, thank you for, you know, uh, inviting that in, uh, this this process of, okay, we've we've done things differently, we've, we've been doing it this way. Um, the openness, just the openness of being able to step back and say, is there another way to do it differently? That for me is a big step already. You know, if there is that awareness of, wait a minute, we can't continue doing this. And this is also what we're seeing already, right? In terms of um, how we're looking at our, you know, businesses and how we influence the planet. Um, that idea of sustainability is actually not, uh, you know, the right term because if we're sustaining what we've <laughs> yeah. been doing, yeah. you know, in the long run, we won't have, you know, we won't have a planet anymore because we, yeah, we talked about that, right? Yeah. What we're sustaining is what capitalism, consumerism, <laughs> yeah. yeah. um, so that this idea of just being having that awareness of maybe there's a different way, you know, maybe there's a different um, lens that we can view things. And from that, it opens doors already in terms of, okay, then what is possible? You know, what is possible? Exactly. Yeah. What is possible? Because I love that you spotted that. And I know we talked about it. That's why I'm like getting excited and mm -hmm. tried to talk over you. So sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, for us, the, the best word or the best frame was um, a lady called Mara, Mara Gleason. And she's a really good coach and someone, I think we were watching a recent talk, right? And what she talked about is, yeah, sustainability is all good and well, but why would you sustain what's actually not working? You know, let's be honest, the, the world which we live in now, I'm not saying it's all bad, but there's many things that I'd rather not sustain, right? So maybe, exactly. yeah. maybe the tagline or the label is more around regeneration, because I guess if you've got you know, the, the wonderful work that you do, if you get them reflective, like, what can we do differently? I'm guessing that they're probably going to come up with some creative solutions that could actually improve our lives rather than take things away. Because the, the problem and the, the, I guess it's a double-edged sword for businesses because you want to get innovative and come up with new products. Um, and actually, one of our friends, Deron, posted something on LinkedIn today that got me re really reflective because Again, one of the questions he was looking at was, it's all great, you know, it's great to come up with an amazing product, but what about the impact 
that your product might have. So yes, it might sound like a negative to look at that, but I actually think that's a really good thing to do before you go and scale up and run off and do all of these things. And, exactly. And the models he used were, for example, Airbnb, not to just pick on them, but they come up with such a groundbreaking product that disrupted the market, but it had a massive impact uh, at city level, at local level, where housing prices rocketed. And again, I dare I say, I don't think the co-founders were, obviously that wasn't one of the things that lit them up about no, starting yeah. it in the first place, right? Yeah, I, I, I really, I really have this strong, uh, um, what's the sentiments over you know disruptors in the industry, mainly because when we think of you know disruption, we see it as oh, it's innovative. However, at the edge of the disruption is what is it, you know, what systems are you shifting or are you recreating? And how are you able to um, manage, you know, the the, the effects mm. of that shift? And, and this for me is that part of, oh, you know, there are companies that pride themselves as being uh, disruptors and, and disguising it as innovation. But if they don't take that step of, looking forward as well as what will this impact you know what is that change that i am steering along the way then that you know that is something that is crucial to add in to the planning process mm. and which is also why one of um one of the things that I, i'm working with with a client right now is the you know how can we also have forward or future casting as a skill that we have as business owners. Mm. Because it cannot always be as, oh, you know, we, we develop things, we do things uh, because it's needed right now, mm. but will it still be needed in the future? Exactly. And I love the, the uh, principle behind, you know, the, this um, indigenous practice of when we decide into something, you know, that we think of how would this decision affect seven generations after? And there's a depth to that thinking, you know, of being able to see, you know, seven generations forward because of just this product or service or, you know, whatever um, new, new, uh, what's this, new service that you'd want to put out. This is beautiful. It just reminded me of, uh, that's one of the things, one of the quotes that I held in my mind for a really, really long time, since I was really young, uh, Arthur C. Clarke. Uh, said once that the reason why we have so many problems uh, and, and more and more problems in the world, I mean, he said this in 50s or 60s, I think. Uh, he said it's be because of the difficulty of any leader, he thought of political leaders, to think further than their own uh, what is the name of it? Ten-year term. Term, yeah, yeah further than their yeah. own term or the next elections. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the difficulty of, of us human beings in the civilized world, I'm quote-unquote here, um, to think further away than our next generation. So I cannot think further away than my grandchildren. You know, so it's yes. really... So having the ability or thinking in terms of, you know, it is important what we leave after, I think it's something that we really need to learn. Yeah. Exactly. And this is also why, for me, um, 
I love looking at, you know, I, I love really exploring this space of who, because if you add that complexity, you know, if you add that depth of, oh, I'm not just looking at the who right now, but I'm also looking at the who seven generations further, you know, I was like, mm. I need to create something that would really be uh, valuable. I need to be able to create something that would really um, match, you know, the, their strengths, meet their needs and be, be able to, uh, yeah, offer something that, that would resonate mm. and, and uh, be of value. So it also gives you that lens of, yeah, yeah, wait a minute. Am I really creating something of value here? <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing that, that we really, I mean, I'm just, I've, I haven't thought about this for a really, really long time. And you just sparked <laughs> new ideas and new thoughts of how... Um, I think there there was a really interesting documentary that came out a few years ago. It's called Century of Self, of how much in, you know, especially so around before and after Second World War, especially how we as a society, as a Western society, started focusing so much of, on ourselves, uh, very personal, very, very ego-driven um, behavior and way of thinking. And this is how we designed our economies and everything. And as you said, these are the indigenous tribes that used to think in a very, very different way. Uh, people, and I think we need to go back to basics. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's especially at this period right now, you know, where everybody's affected by this global pandemic. Um, no one is, you know, in essence, we're, no, no one is spared. Yeah. And no, no country, no, no civilization in that sense. It's, yeah. it's spared with what's going on right now. Um, it's important for us to think of this is a turning point for us, you know, for our generation, our, our kids, our grandkids, you know, they'll be talking about, oh, remember that time when, yeah. you know, mm. remember that time when we had COVID, this is what society did, you know, this is mm. what we, we, uh, as, you know, as uh, my grandparents, they, this is what they did. This is how they shifted, you know, economy. This is how they shifted their lives. I think we are at that, you know, at that edge of, okay, how do we move forward? You know, do we, do we still carry on the things that we've been doing before? Or do we say, let's time to filter, you know, filter through yeah, things exactly. and, and, and see what we want to move forward or carry forward now that we are in this, you know, new stage, new way of living. Yeah, exactly. And do you want to be part of the problem or do you want to be in the history books for really moving things forward, moving humanity forward? Because, you know, we're a clever species. We're really inherently creative, but we're also very creative at causing destruction. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I, I love my humanity. I love other humans. You know, this is why we do what we do. But I think it was David Attenborough who coined the term recently, or, or I think he said something like humans are a plague. And mm -hmm. yeah, it might sound a bit doom and gloom, but he's not far off because when mm -hmm. humans are just left without reflection, and yes. as we said, we don't really stop to consider what's going to happen for future generations, then it's only going to lead to um, problems down the line where exactly. less species, less diversity, less of an ecosystem. And the problem is that we're, like or not, we're part of that. 
we're deeply connected to the planet, whether people believe that or not. I think we've all experienced it, right? And I think if anyone stopped and put the brakes on, as we said, and got reflective, you can feel the heartbeats of that whole system if you just let go for a bit and then just get reflective enough to go, okay, well, if I'm part of this system, what's going to make sense for me if I've got a business? How am I going to move forward as a community? How can I lessen my impact on taking things away from people and actually giving back whether it's back to the planet, whether it's back at a local level, whether it's back to the employees. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, I guess it's easy for us to say this stuff, but what would you say to people who are listening to this? And again, I don't think anyone, it's not about good or bad, but what if people haven't really still thought about this? They're still sitting on their hands. They're still fearful. If, if they were like, okay, it sounds great, but in reality, how, you know, what does that look like? What could... What could be my starting point? How can I, you know, embrace that? Even yeah. if I'm not really seeing it right now, I guess. It's it's one of the things that I like is to also look at, um, you know, history. You know, look at um, what, what has been there so that we can learn from it. And I'm reminded of uh, John Sylvan. He was the one who created the, the, the coffee pods that you use in in espresso machines, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. the, um, and there was an interview that was done uh, a couple of years back, um, wherein he really said he actually regretted creating that, you know, mainly because of not just the, you know, it, you, you offered, okay. You offered, um, comfort and, you know, quickness and easiness to people, you know, with just one click of a button, you got, your coffee and yet the uh, amount of plastic waste that that product generated you know what that's a wonderful is. example because i've heard that mentioned before i i didn't know who it was by the way so thank you for sharing that but yeah i mean remember it was a couple of years ago we we saw these products and it, we, we only ever really saw them in hotels, if I'm honest. We've never, just to be clear, ever really got into that. And it wasn't because we, we thought... We still brew our coffee. Yeah, <laughs> we're still old school. But we didn't get into it. We didn't think, oh, that's bad for the planet. It didn't even cross my mind until I seen, I think it was some documentary where I seen piles of them and the fact that they can't really be recycled. So, you know, and, it, and it's such a, it was such a popular thing that globally it just appeared everywhere, right? So yeah, thank exactly. you for sharing that. Or even you know, even for kids, when I don't know if you if you got into it as well, um, the loom bands, What's you know, those band? those plastic rubber bands that you can create like a bracelet. Ah, okay. It just yeah. got so crazy uh, popular a couple of years back, and and yeah, if you don't think of that, you know, of that, what are the repercussions of me putting this product out there? You wouldn't even think of oh i'm putting all of this back into the environment you mm -hmm. know and it's the same it, it can also be not just the environmental impact but also like if you're a service related company you know what type of services do you provide and how does this influence you know the uh, the the mindset the framing that people will be taking in mm -hmm. um especially now with 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 the black lives matter movement yeah um coaches leaders you need to you know th this is a time to really reflect you know mm. am i adding to the problem 
you know, is my lack of awareness yeah. on these matters adding to the, you know, to the depth of the pain that people are feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And in that step back of awareness, that step back of um being able to look at the situation and say, okay, how am I going? You know, how, how what am I going to do? Um, that element of choice is very important. You know, that we have this choice to say, how can we, you know, humanize business forward? And I'm, I'm, I was struck with uh, a note by one of my favorite thought leaders, Bayo, Bayo Akomolafe. And uh, um, I was messaging him and he wrote something and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to keep this in my heart. And, and what he said was, may our roads be rough enough to disturb us into new paradigms of becoming. Mm. And this is what I'm seeing right now, you know, of our roads are rough enough so that we can just start cracking and say, let's, let's shift things, you know, let's evaluate things. Let's look at how can we do things differently? You know, how can we become differently? Uh, and, and this is that challenge that we're faced right now. It's so easy to, to, to say, but I want the, you know, the, my, my uh, what's this, um, my previous status quo, you know, I want to, to have my previous life back. It's yeah. so easy to cling into that. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I think this is that challenge, you know, in, in how we can um, thrive as society, as businesses, as individuals. Mm -hmm. is by us being able to say we're in a rough road right now and we have a choice on how we pave it exactly i love that and and i think we we forget as a species that we've been on rough roads all of our lives generation after generation after generation otherwise we wouldn't be here to have this conversation right so i think people should just reflect on that that how do we get this far and if we want to carry on continue as a species then as you say we best Put the brakes on get reflective and really just see what we can do you know moving forward together and that's not some cheesy line it, it it's the only way forward right and I think, I think that's a good place to kind of leave it but before we before we say goodbye where's the best place for people to reach out to you and get to know more about for example the base conference and you and your individual work as well so definitely best place will be LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You can find me at LinkedIn. Um, base conference at Amsterdam. So you can uh, get information about uh, the upcoming conference will be on September 17 and 18, which is an online conference. So we'll be experimenting. Uh, and at the same time, we already have quite an interesting lineup of people who would be uh, sharing their, you know, their lens on how we can humanize business beyond profit. And um, yeah, I would love to continue the conversations through LinkedIn or um, through uh, through our email at baseconference.amsterdam. And uh, looking forward to hearing more in terms of what you know what your readers are taking away from from this session, from this podcast. Great. And just before we go, because I forgot to ask her, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I'll let you do it because what we usually do is just ask our guests, is there any, I mean, you've given us loads to think about, so thank you. Definitely, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm reflected as, as I'm trying to speak as well. But do you have any words, just any parting words of wisdom or anything you feel just makes sense to say to people listening right now? Mm. I would say this is a time where we can flip the narrative. 
and uh, I, I firmly believe that you know that as we face uh, this this new way of living, this new you know this new normal that we're in, um, we have that choice of what narrative do we continue and what narratives do we say we let go of. So let's yeah take this much needed pause and reflect and work together you know, it's not something that we can do on our own it's a mm-hmm. work that we can do together so that will be my yeah parting words <laughs> thank you very much it's been really uh, you you got me to think about things that uh, were probably somewhere deeper in my mind uh, and reflect so thank you thank you very much for this yeah, my you. pleasure Thanks for listening to the Mind Takeaway podcast. If you haven't already, please support us by pressing the subscribe button. Leave us a review and share it with your friends and your wider network. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>